the pulse of the Hawkesbury. Pulse 89.9. This afternoon, as I said, everyone, we have Susan Templeman on the line and trying to give us an update on what's been going on. Good afternoon, Susan. How are you going today? Well, I think like everyone, I am feeling a tiny bit relieved that things haven't panned out as badly as they might have, uh, particularly as we've had some sun shining today. That's been a help. Mm. It's um, one of these floods that isn't just throwing itself upon us. It's creeping in. It's doing a bit here and a bit there. And I've noticed with this one that it's more coming down McDonald Valley Colo than like like the lower part than it is into Richmond, Windsor and along there. I know that uh, Yarramundi goes down, but it's pretty much it always does anyway. This was a really interesting, has been interesting. As everyone says, every flood is different. Mm. And where the rain fell overnight was further north rather than further south. So that means it's coming down rather than through the uh, Warragamba catchment. Um, And so that has certainly um, shaped what today has looked like. It is, if you're in St Albans, McDonnell Valley, Settlers Road, you're cut off, you're isolated. I've seen photos that shows it's really high there. Um, Upper Colo is the same and in that Colo area. And along Agnes Banks, though, there there were certainly during the day today um, some evacuation uh, discussions happening and recommendations. I I can't tell you the exact status of it, whether it was a a warning to evacuate, but that's my recollection from all the many um, uh, SES warnings I've seen today. There was certainly door knocking along Agnes Banks on the low-lying areas. Mm-hmm. And so, so we, it's really interesting when you drive through Richmond and Windsor, you think, oh, well, it's not so bad. You look at Windsor River, mm-hmm. the river at Windsor, it is very high. Um, when you go down the back of Richmond, you can see Cornwallis has mm-hmm. water where water should not be. Mm-hmm. Uh, and speaking to the people on Cornwallis and the lowlands, it came in a lot faster to Cornwallis than, than it used to because there's still been no repair done yeah. to that massive damage on Cornwallis. Yeah. So it's been really hard on them. Uh, for for farmers, for people who had just put a crop in, yeah. it's going to be really hard. Yeah. The, I think the so, – so it's a very interesting flood and the anxiety and the wondering has affected everybody, you know, will it be me this time? Uh uh, so yeah, hard a hard couple of days, mm. and I what my thinking is we we do just need to see what happens overnight. Mm. Um, we, if we all cross our fingers, we it may it may be that North Richmond Bridge doesn't close. Mm. I think there, I've seen the water how high the water level came up, and there's obviously been some very thoughtful decisions there to mm. keep it open. Mm. Um, but we do have more rain coming on Wednesday, apparently. Wednesday, the forecast is Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So the next few days might be a lull. And I think we just have to know to keep a very good eye on forecasts. Uh, and people have responded brilliantly this time. And I, I'm hoping that they can hang in there 
a few more days and and do the same if we have to go through this later in the week. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I mean, you can see the water where it's the rain when it's coming in and you're looking at the bomb and we've had some very good misses, but if it, it has been hitting higher in the north than what we're usually used to and where the um, basin is for the Warragamba Dam, we've seen to escape a bit. But Warragamba Dam is at capacity and it is spilling, isn't it? Yeah. Yep. It's really hard to get the exact information about the amount that is spilling from it. Um, and I do actually think that's one of the things that we, we deserve to have that proper information about. But yes, there's been more, the dam has had more water than it can hold and you can see that coming down and that's why when you look at Yarramundi totally underwater um, you get a bit of a sense of of what's coming out of there Uh, you know just keep in mind you know people who live on on the Richmond Windsor side of the river it might feel like it was in it hasn't been too bad, but think of all the people in Yarramundi oh, who yeah. now know that their journey to work tomorrow is going to be up through the bends, yeah. through down Hawkesbury Road, past my place, onto yeah. the Great Western Highway. Yeah. And what's more, there's traffic control on those Hawkesbury bends yeah. uh, because last time there there was heavy rain, there were um, there was some subsidence and and rock problems. Oh, there would be. So you actually, yeah. yeah, so you actually have a very slow trip that mm. way, um, just just because of the the traffic control potentially. So so yeah, people just need to factor all that in. It is it, it is an inconvenience, mm. but it, it could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, I, I'm look, I'm very cautious about these things because that things can change. Totally. Uh, so so I'm just going right. Let's get through the night and, mm. and see where we. Sit tomorrow morning. Yes, I was talking to David from the SES and he said basically, you know, a bit by bit, it's just step by step. But one thing that I find interesting, you know, when we hear the rain, usually we use the rain to put us to sleep or calming or all these different things that they've got lovely little, you know, um, (laughs) apps that you can download. And I know that my uh, son used it for his daughter to get her to go to sleep. But the thing I find so hard about this is for other people that once they hear these rains, the trauma it sets off in their mind must be horrific. People have certainly said things like that to me, that that now when they hear the rain, they tense up. uh, And that's just a natural response to the experiences that we've had. Um, and, And it is hard to imagine that we could go through this a few more times between mm. now and when this La Nina mm. uh, dissipates because it, it's meant to stick around with us till January. Mm. So this probably isn't the last time that we'll have a, a few days of, of wondering whether how bad this flood's going to be and whether bridges will close. I think what I've noticed is just the instant contraction of the local economy when it happens. Mm. Uh, and And... People might be surprised to know that it, it affects both both sides of my electorate, the Hawkesbury mm. and the mountains. Yeah. Certainly today, cafe people in the Hawkesbury said, oh, just no one around, yeah. no one, no out of town, towners. Mm. Um, and they, uh, yeah, so they're really, it's really obvious that people are not coming to the Hawkesbury who might mm. otherwise have come over this weekend. And that's terrible for our small businesses. Mm. But uh, the... One thing that people might not 
understand is that it also affects businesses up in Blackheath. I was in, had to, I was on that side of the river and coming back from Bilpin uh, via Blackheath yesterday, and the restaurants over the the restaurants over the weekend had experienced mass cancellations yeah. because people from Sydney went, "Oh, bad weather," you know, we. we we're not yeah. going to go up there. So this is a real problem. It makes it very hard for small business mm-hmm. who really rely on good weekends. And I know the long weekend was a good weekend for people generally, mm-hmm. for businesses, but mm-hmm. the very next weekend, here they are hit with a, a real downer. Mm-hmm. So that that is just one of the ongoing issues that mm-hmm. I really think needs to be addressed and I'll continue to work on that. Well, it, as you said, um, needs to be addressed. We've been talking about this for a few floods now and uh, I know that, that you've had a, a, a lot of uh, people write into you and emails that have been gathered by uh, Linda Fanick regarding this uh, issue with businesses that they're not actually affected first up being flooded but it's sort of a fallout effect that they don't have the people walking by and they don't have the business and that is just as bad because they're still paying their rents and everything. Yeah. Yeah, look, I was very disappointed a few weeks ago when the New South Wales government agreed to extend support to indirectly affected businesses, just like the ones you've described, uh, in the Kangaroo Valley, but not in the Hawkesbury. And when I saw the announcement about the Kangaroo Valley, uh, which was a joint federal-state announcement, I obviously spoke with my minister's office, to clarify why had Hawkesbury not been included in it because mm. they understood the need for it. And the advice that I've been given is that New South Wales declined to include the Hawkesbury. Now, I cannot fathom that. We have been through flood after flood after flood on the back of COVID and bushfires. And you only get this assistance if your numbers and your accounts show that you are eligible for mm. it. So you have to show that you have a 40% drop in turnover as mm. a result of the um, natural disaster. Yes. Now, so it's only for those, the only people who could get it would be those who can actually demonstrate that. Yes. And, uh, and I'm really still completely bemused as to why that support is not extended to Hawkesbury people and, and that's the element that I am continuing to work on. Um, so I will keep you posted on that yeah. when when the next step happens. But businesses are speaking to me about this. Yes. Um, I had hoped we would get a sensible outcome from the state government on it, but, but clearly we're not and we need to uh, keep pushing the message home to them. Do you know, it's interesting because I suppose I'm becoming rather cynical or whatever because I'm on radio too much, I think, now. Uh, but I look at it and I wonder, is that electorate something that's a bit iffy and they're very assured that this electorate isn't? You don't have to answer that. I'm just saying I wonder how much the politics is playing in this that Kangaroo Valley get looked at and yet the Hawkesbury not. Look, I I have tried to unpack that. I wonder if it's because in the Kangaroo Valley they could absolutely identify how many businesses it was and it was a relatively um, manageable number of businesses. You know, is that one of the reasons mm-hmm. why I, I can't give an answer to it? And I would hate to think that politics is playing any part in 
disaster recovery. Mm. Um, and, and I really hope it isn't. Yeah, I think we all have so that. I will, and, and that's why I will continue to appeal to the New South Wales government and ensure that, that from a federal government that there's support for it. Mm. Um, but yeah, this is, these are challenges that um, should have been resolved by now. Yep. Um, I literally get businesses stopping me in the street saying, is anything happening? Because yeah. we had a really, we had one really good weekend and it's reminded me of how appalling it's been mm. till now. Do you know, um, I think so. that you will get businesses doing, people will be asking and it's it's because they're hanging, they're hanging on to things, trying to make their livelihood happen and it is like that for so many people. Look, I, yeah. I know you're busy. I just want to ask you one question before you go. Um, the Warragamba Bridge, the announcement during the last week regarding the raising of the wall, um, I was actually stopped myself by ABC News that was out here talking to people and I said to them, well, that's fine, but what about now, the mitigation for now? Um, what's your views on that quickly? Uh, my, I think my views are pretty well known given... Um, that I just published in the Sydney Morning Herald on Thursday, last Thursday, an op-ed piece explaining why we so desperately need the existing water level to be dropped. Mm. Um, you know, I I probably feel a bit a bit like many people uh, about the um, endless promises that are made around a dam wall raising. They were made mm. in 1993 by mm. the Liberal Premier John Fay. They were made in uh, 2016 by Liberal Premier Mike Baird, and here we are, not not far out from an election, and there's another yeah. re-announcement. Re yeah. So, so forgive me for being cynical about it, and, yeah. and what I'm more interested in, mm. <laughs> what I'm more interested in is why why nothing's happened now to mm. um, mitigate what we've just gone mm. through, or what mm. we might go through later in the week, mm. or in the next few weeks or next few months. Mm. And so I outlined all the reasons why, logically, mm. it's a no-brainer to use the existing infrastructure we have. Mm. It has consequences. You have to think about um, when when there's not so much water yeah. around, yeah. how do we sustain our, our drinking supply? Mm. But quite frankly, we have to think about that anyway. Mm. We are already uh, have been warned that our supply is mm. too reliant on mm. one source, and that is Warraganda Dam yes. uh, for Sydney's water supply. Mm. Uh, so there are things that can be done. Yes. It just requires commitment. But most importantly, you could really give people some temporary peace of mind, yes. uh, just take the edge off things yes. by acting to uh, mitigate using the existing wall that's there yes. and, and get that level down. Yes, that would be a wonderful thing to look after the community that votes you in, wouldn't it? Look, we often talk about mental health and we talk about visiting psychologists and counsellors and psychiatrists. Right. But in a funny way, with natural disasters, actually doing something can be huge. Yes. So cleaning up after a yes. natural disaster, it's a huge lift for people mm. and, and provides a pathway and a sense of hope. Mm. In the same way, helping us mentally by actually doing something. And then people go, well, isn't that good? Government has done what it could. Mm. Uh, and that that's the sort of thing that can actually help people get through these these t difficult times. Mm. I, I could 
actually speak to you for quite some time on this subject, but I'm going to leave it alone um, because uh, we should <laughs> at this point right now. Um, look, thank you very much for chatting with me this afternoon and, um, you know, just, you know, letting the whole Hawkesbury know what's going on. I think it's always comforting to hear from you and from other people what is happening. Yeah, and look, you can rest assured uh, I, I visited the FES at Wilberforce today. Mm. They're obviously there doing everything that they can um, and, like everyone, watching to see just mm. what the conditions are. Yeah. Um, it's an incredible team out there and we really owe them a lot. Mm. We're very well prepared in some ways when you look at it compared to um, how other places have had floods and dealt with it. I mean, we have a really good team there and probably that's built because we have had so many disasters, but at least we're getting some something from it in the end. Nothing like practice. That's right. Makes perfect. Good <laughs> on you. Okay, I'll chat to you later. Thank you very much. Thanks. Thanks, Catherine. Bye. Right. Ta-da. The Pulse of the Hawksbury. Pulse 89.9.